Welcome to Tell You Later, the show where we guarantee a laugh or your money back. Thanks to all those who support us on Patreon. By the way, there's always room for more. And don't forget to like and subscribe to their channel. We haven't got a title song for this show, so we're singing this thing instead. Okay. It's really just a substitute. Nonetheless, the melody may stay in your head. Oh, I hope so. Because it's a tune. It's a tune. You'll love to croon. You'll love to croon. Ah, but there's one thing you should know. We have to confess we do not possess a title song for this show. Ain't it peculiar? Believe it or not. We haven't got a title song for this show. Oops. (laughs) Michael comes back three years later, and he wrote four Biffle and Schuster shorts, and we were going to film in five weeks. Now, did you ever record any in shorts? Any what? Any of those in shorts. Were you actually wearing shorts? Oh, <laughs> underneath the pants. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I tried to get away with wearing them over my pants, but it, it looked strange. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, I did dress as, a, as, as Biffle's wife. I mean, as Schuster's wife in one of them, uh, imitation of wife. Uh, <laughs> but we shot five weeks. And the first one, uh, I'll never forget, working with Robert Forster who was uh, Banyan on TV when I was a kid and he was nominated for an Oscar and Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown and uh, just a great career. And uh, he played it like, you know, like the straight actors in airplane. Yes. Yeah. He was just like that. He didn't crack. He didn't break. You believed every word. It was fantastic. So we got to do these and Will, Will and I also added a uh, what's known as a Vitaphone short, meaning uh, about seven to 10 minutes uh, early sound, and uh, it's like one shot. You nail the camera down. The sound is bad. It's it. You would never know it wasn't a Vitaphone short. Uh, so we got to do that. And on the DVD, there's about a million outtakes, and you cry. It's so funny. It's just so. Funny. And he also invited uh, the Saguaro sisters, or the, I don't know what they called themselves in your movie. If it was the Starlight Sisters, because they would do oh, that. Yeah. They did Sand with with uh, with Will, one of his best songs. Yeah. Uh, in Schmobo. That was our musical. Uh, that's and that was business. Like, yes. Hmm? That's What'd Schmo business. That's Schmo business. <laughs> Only when we're working. But uh, that was a lot of fun. That, in fact, uh, what was it? The, the scene with Perry Shields is my favorite scene out of all of them. Out of all the shorts. Uh, that's my favorite. It's so just so wonderful. I bet. And then describe that scene and then tell people how they can actually see these shorts. Okay. Uh, the scene basically is, uh, it's with um, um, Jim, Jim Beaver. Is that his name? From uh, Deadwood? Yeah. With the beard and whatever. He plays the captain of the ship. And uh, Perry Shields comes in and says, oh, Captain, uh, the world's greatest comedy team is waiting to see you outside. He goes, oh, the Marx Brothers, send them in. <laughs> and we walk in. He's like, "Where's Where's the one with the mustache?" I'm like, "Sir, we are not the Marx Brothers." Uh, he goes, "Well, are, are you any good?" And I said, "Good." I say, um, 
the last place we played, the laughs were so loud, you could hear them across the street. And he goes, really? What was playing across the street? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I've seen that. <laughs> and then the reaction. You know. But uh, Dick Miller is also in that scene. And we all grew up with Dick Miller in the Roger Foreman films and, you know, stuff like that. So it was a very special, special time. And we hated to see it end. Uh, but that led to a lot of live shows as Biffle and Schuster. And we developed. So where, can people see the, where can people see Biffle and Schuster if they want to see these movies? How can they mm-hmm. see them? OK, uh, this is interesting because Kino Lorber, the uh, the uh, DVD um, uh, label that we're on, uh, we share that with a lot of people with Bob Hope and, and uh, the, the, you name it. <laughs> who, very cool. who could who? Ha- I mean, it's so <laughs> unimaginable that this actually happened and exists, that it's just <laughs> it's amazing. You know, yeah, it is. It's a really it's amazing. Crazy. What a dream come true, right? It's almost like a time warp. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's it's the stuff we love, you know? It's a, it was a, a fantasy come true. And I'm still thanking Michael Schlesinger every time I see him. It's just like you you did something that, you know, no one else has done. And it's an incredible thing. Uh, but you could get it on uh the Kino Lorber website. That, that's kinolorber.com. It's on sale. How do you spell that? Oh, Kino, K-I-N-O dash Lorber, L-O-R-B-E-R. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's seven ninety nine for during uh, the Christmas. Such a deal. Such a deal. Such a deal. The vault. Yeah. So uh, you could get it there. Uh, you could stream it on Amazon Prime and other uh, places, YouTube uh, TV. Uh, but you'd have to rent it or, or buy it. Um, but I suggest the DVD because that doesn't have all the uh, extras. The DVD has the extras, which is like two hours of outtakes and hilarious stuff, alternate takes. Uh, you, it's just. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Really, really. Well, I'm going to order the DVD when we get off of here because I haven't seen those outtakes. And I know you did some stuff with Dan Roebuck, who I met. Mm-hmm. We, somehow he became part of this cast. Uh, we uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's a cartoon. And mm-hmm. we recorded the very last script that was never recorded for a box set. The animation was never done and Dan played a character and that's how I met him. And then I see him showing up in, in your movie. It was yeah. Yeah. He's in two of them. He, he was in two of them. Uh, um, he's now uh, Rob Zombie is doing a version of the Munsters TV show. Yeah. Uh, feature film. And he's playing grandpa. Yeah. I, I see that on Facebook. So yeah. 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 He's good. He's another monster kid. You know, that's why we love him. He's another monster kid. Uh, wow. So yeah, we had we had great casts. The fun, the movies are fun. They're they're you know if you love the Three Stooges and Abbott and Costello and Laurel and Hardy, this is for you. You know, that's so great. What would you like to do now? You're writing a book. You wrote a book. It's the done. Book yeah, it's coming Abbott out next year. Costello, right? Yeah, like the definitive 
tell all everything you ever wanted to know, right? About John, John Landis wrote the forward, right? And he said, there's almost too much information in this book, and I'm glad of it. Oh, uh, what a nice say, compliment. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's so funny because I remember the reason I know Perry Shields is because we used to go to church together. And I remember he and his son, Craig, when Craig was probably about six or seven, did Who's on First for a Father's Day uh, oh. uh, <laughs> talent show that we had. So, mm-hmm. so funny. Well, this is called The Annotated Abbott and Costello. And uh, other than the biographical forewords and stuff like that, uh, we go movie by movie. We talk about the making of the movies. We talk about, um, you know, how they did when they were released. But mostly we go down, we pinpoint exactly where certain things are that you might not understand from the 1940s. You know, things they say that were funny then. And, you know, I I guess you'd call it dated. Uh, So we explain it. Uh, and we also pinpoint certain special routines and moments, and we actually go get the time code from the DVDs so that they can go directly to it. So is this, I mean, that's amazing. So what makes you an expert on all this stuff? <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, I was sort of a an encyclopedia growing up. I, um, I told you when I was five, I saw Luke Costello at that start, but... As a little boy, I was the third son. I had third son syndrome, and I wasn't paid much attention to all that. It's a sad story. But uh, I used to listen to my parents when their friends would come over, their their contemporaries, and they had the most fun talking about the movies that they saw when they were kids. And they would laugh, and they would bring up you know memories and all this stuff. And I thought, hmm, my little mind said, that's a way to break in. That's how I could break through to them. And uh, I just started watching everything I could. And then eventually I started reading everything I could. And before you know it, I became so obsessive about it that my parents were turned off by it. But their friends were, their friends were like, Nick, come over here. Oh, your brothers, like, go to the store. We need to get go get some orange juice. We want to talk to Nick, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, but um, no, that's how it started. That's how it started. And and I just became a nut about it. I, I still love it. You know? I, how do you do your research? How do I? Yeah. Oh, uh, I have a library of books. Of course, uh, people like me collect books usually. Um, I had to get rid of like a third of them before I moved. But, you know, you go down and you do the five year thing. If you didn't pick, if you haven't looked at it in five years, bye bye. Uh, but I still have a, a great deal. And the computer is a, is a great help, you know, um, doing research, reading articles, uh, um, even, you know, Wikipedia, IMDb, even though they're not completely accurate, you've got to double check. Yeah, how do you um, verify that? Everybody, this is really important. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. You can believe what Nick wrote. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely, yeah, yeah true. But yeah. It's I mean, like Will is 82 years old, right? Uh, well, we, we're hoping to fix that. We're hoping to. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Will had uh, several imaginary histories, personal histories. So. Mm-hmm. 
it kind of generated this himself, right? You know, with Elmo Aardvark is something I'll have to talk to bring Daryl and Ashley on or Daryl Van Sitters on to talk about Elmo Aardvark. And Phil Lawler helped write that too. But that whole idea of this character, Snappy Tunes. I mean, Snappy Tunes, what a great name. I mean, it's Will. It's Will. I think every company in the United States should have gone to Will to create names and slogans for their companies. Because mm-hmm. I would have called this company Goodwill. Aww. That's, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Un- unabashed. I mean, Goodwill. Wow. Just, just an adorable human being. So what was the last show you guys did together? I was actually looking at pictures from it the other day. We did... Uh, um, the Ben was it the Benny? No, it was a Christmas show. We did a Christmas show at the coffee gallery backstage, which was our little home. And uh, we did a, uh, a original radio play by Michael Schlesinger called the, the Hanukkah Carol. And uh, I played about a hundred characters. I played all the celebrity voices. You so are doing, you do some for us. People, people, you are really, I mean, Will did a lot of impersonations, but I know you're way beyond. <laughs> I mean, you have a zillion more. Who are some of the, your favorite people you like to uh, impersonate? Oh, let's see. Cary Grant was always a big one for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he would be like, uh, as I'm older, it's the older character. You know what I mean? I can't go back to the, uh, the younger one because of my voice now, but uh, he always talked like this. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, there's a body in the window seat. Come here, darling. You look like <laughs> him when you do it too. Oh my gosh. I'm eating this up. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, I do a lot of them in the Biffle and Schuster shorts, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you dirty rash. Mm-hmm. Hello, Jocko. Uh, <laughs> I do. Um, Whatchamacallit, I do William Demarest and uh, uh, Fred McMurray in uh, My Three Sons. Okay. Um, <laughs> Steve, if Chip tells you I hit him in the nose, don't listen to him. <laughs> That's all right, Charlie. What's for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. What else? What else I do? I do? Who did you have in the Hanukkah Carol that you had to... Oh. At one point, I was doing. Uh, I'm sure Jimmy Stewart must have been in there somewhere. Jimmy, uh, I I actually did at the beginning of the pandemic. I did a radio play for an actual production company, uh, and uh, it was the story of um, based on a true story where him, uh, Jimmy, and his wife Gloria got involved in transporting this like monkey's paw into the United States and it was like illegal and, and there was a, another faction trying to get it. And apparently it really happened. What uh, do you want with a monkey paw? Something. Yeah. It was something like that. Like a monk. It was, in fact, it was, I believe it was, uh, but it was some ceremonial thing and, and some people wanted it back. And anyway, that, that was a big, you know, people were writing me, you know, about it. Oh my God. Not only was it a good Jimmy Stewart, but the acting and blah, blah, blah. If they knew that I grew up with old radio, you know, listening to old radio shows and listening to uh, Basil Rathbone read uh, Edgar Allan Poe and, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, it, it, it started me reading out loud when I was a kid because I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear it, you know? So I started very young 
doing that, doing audiobooks. I'm I'm up about 250 books, audiobooks for that company, radioarchives.com. Oh. And that's Will is responsible for that. How so? Ah, who I love when you speak Asian. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. Uh, Sarah. <laughs> uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, <laughs> we look like those things on the desk, you know, the birds. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, Will, yes. do you remember, do you remember uh, Will's friend, Westy? Yeah. Played the bass? And well, when, when Westy got, became ill, uh, he was supposed to play Will's sidekick in a Cactus County cowboy radio show uh, written by a guy named, funnily enough, Roger Rittner. And uh, so he had me come in and I played against uh, June Foray. We were, we were the comedy relief. And Roger Rittner sent something about me or whatever and hired me on the spot, said, would you mind coming to the studio, blah, 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 and we'll do a, an audio book. And that led to 10 years uh, audiobooks. So are they a, a certain kind of book that you would read? Yes, they were actually, again, niche things. Uh, they were um, pulp novels from the 30s and 40s. Ah, so I would do this character called The Spider. Uh, and then uh, I did a World War I Flying Aces adventure stories called G8. Uh, and, you know, this is, it's so much fun because you can... Uh, in some, there was one scene I remember in the G8 uh, series where a British soldier was talking to a Japanese soldier who was talking to German uh, a German soldier and then the American soldier. So it was like the UN you know, having a meeting, but it was such a challenge and it was so much fun. You know, I got to use my dialects. And did, you, did you ever have like a regular voiceover career here in L.A.? Did you do commercials and voiceover? I started in Miami. Uh, I was uh, uh, there was an advertising agency called GS&B, and they were very big. And they had all the DiBartolo malls. There were like 80 malls around the country. And we would do commercials for all of those and, and other things. So I, I came from. My God, I must have done like 300 commercials for them before I moved to L.A. and New York. You know, I'm from New York, but I lived in Florida at the time. Uh, but, you know, it, I, I've always done voice work. Always. I don't know. So, so you could still we could still hear you somewhere, probably. It's floating around somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> you know, is the stuff we do never really disappears, does it? It's all no. Somewhere, just like this show, uh, because of what you just mentioned, I'm going to send you a link and all y'all out there can check it out. Uh, one of the first things I directed was an uh, for a company no longer exists called Audible Scripts. Mm. Who They uh, purchased a script by a guy. It was supposed to be an animated film. And so the director asked me to direct it. And it's called 
Rex Tanner and the Sword of Damocles. And it is in that same, if I had known you, you would have been in the cast uh, mm-hmm. at the time. You're probably traveling. Um, and it, it, it's got that kind of crazy style, that sort of camp attitude. And, and it, uh, Audible Scripts, the idea was you. we have a narrator who's reading all the stage directions and then you hear the actors and it's just reading the screenplay. But and And my crew of one here, my dear, <laughs> Hi, crow. he actually did the sound effects i mean it could have had more but it wasn't really part of the job but you know when right. you get into something and you just want to make it better so he did as much as he could at the time to add mm-hmm. sound effects but i think he i want i want to hear what you think about it who wrote it uh his name's olaf Ol, olafemi Oh gosh, what's his last name? Alufemi is his first name. Anyway, I'll think mm-hmm. of it. I, I usually know his name. He wrote like four other scripts too. I'd love to produce them. I said, this should be graphic novels. Like what you were doing could have been graphic novels. Like, oh, pictures, yeah. Right? Yeah. So for those people who don't know, like me, where does that word pulp come from? What does it actually refer to? Oh, that's an interesting question. I, I had thought about that, and you uh, realized that uh, paper comes from oh. wood pulp, and these magazines were all over the place. They were such big sellers, and there were so many different kinds that pulp is is a sort of a general way to uh, uh, describe them, you know, because they used a lot of paper on pulp on those novels. So they're they're novels, not just like magazines or comic books, or are they? Well, they would be serialized in in magazines, uh, and then some were released, you know, separately as separate entities. But I found out um, because I wasn't into this until I started doing them myself. Uh, but I found out that they have a huge uh, audience. This guy has been in business for for years selling these things and not just the audio books, but, you know, the actual books themselves or, or to, to your Kindle or, you know, any of those things. It's just amazing. That's People love it. Goes to Kindle. It can't be pulp anymore. That's true. What would you call it? Kindling. <laughs> <laughs> you must be kindling. Are you kindling me? <laughs> I guess. You're wallowing in your glory. Look at you. <laughs> Well, if I get the last pun in, I think I should maybe call it a day here. Because <laughs> now that you got that joke out, yeah. I got that yeah. out. It's so much. <laughs> Is there? Uh, uh, you're going to be going to Europe, though. I want to hear about that. You're going to Europe to do some sort of big deal thing. Tell us about that. Well, since the pandemic started back uh, around March of 2020. I know the pandemic uh, started with the flu. Just I'm putting it on record here. I think the pandemic started with the regular flu and just grew from there. So grew from there. we've been yeah. pandemized for a long time. Sort of a flu group. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I met uh, um, in a uh, Facebook uh, group, uh, one of my nostalgia movie things. Um, I met a, a young lady uh, who lives in England in Surrey, and we started talking every single day. I just talked to her today. We we have not missed a day in over a year and a half now, or almost a year. And a half. 
No, more. And uh, so I'm going to actually meet her in person in England. And then uh, we're going up to Scotland to stay with some friends of mine and see Glasgow and Edinburgh and the Highlands and all that. And our plan was to go to Switzerland to go to uh, Chaplin's home, which is now a museum. To enjoy the full episode, please support us at patreon.com slash tell you later. Thanks a lot. Pretty soon you're going to be back on stage. This is not the end, my friend, because, you know, once you're on candid conversations with Katie, the sky's the limit. You know that there's nowhere to go <laughs> but up <laughs> here. Tell you later. Tell You Later is a Patreon-driven entertainment show. So what are you waiting for? Come on over. Join us at patreon.com front slash tell you later. I didn't wink on nine on nudge to slightly. Are they done yet? If so, let's watch this episode again. Arr.